Enterprise Intelligence is a weekly video series that talks to industry experts, global thought leaders, and seasoned knowledge workers about how they're tackling their information challenges, embracing new technologies, and moving the needle on performance. Hosted by Shiny Docs founder and CEO, Jason Cassidy. I'm joined today by Peggy Winton. With over 30 years of program, product, and business development experience, Peggy is responsible for the strategic, technical, and business direction as president and CEO of AIM, the Association of Intelligent Information Management. Thanks for joining me today, Peggy. It's great to talk to you again. Always a blast to talk to you, Jason. It really is. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, we see each other more and more over Zoom, but we're going to actually see each other in person very shortly coming up in Denver. Maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, the opening keynote and uh, the, the, the types of information that are going to be revealed. Thanks. Gosh, that's a nice invitation. Obviously, uh, we're all just dying to get back to in-person activities. And I want to say that anyone can listen to uh, voiceover PowerPoint virtually. And that's not what the conference is going to be about. We really want to come together and collaboratively see if we can come up with some better approaches and solve problems together. Let's leverage the fact that we're actually together. And so some of the sessions that we've scheduled will be iterative and works in progress as the two and a half days goes along. But as is tradition, I like to set the tone at the beginning, as you said, with a keynote, and I'm basing it on some really interesting findings that we have just collated, just finished collating as a result of our annual kind of state of the industry research survey. If any of that, we regularly reach out to our community of end users, practitioners, and just ask them all sorts of questions about their intentions and mostly their business drivers. Do you do you remember last year when we exposed the lingering weak points in most organizations' information management or information governance strategies? A lot of a lot of aim programming and even some from our partners got a lot of mileage in that. The need to ensure that information management strategies align with business strategies or very little gets done and the value of information will always be be lost i feel like it's the type of it the type of revealing uh findings that you can only do now it, had we tried to say the same thing 10 years ago There'd be people that would say, no, we're really buttoned up. We have our SharePoints in line and we have our record series done and all these types of things. However, with the explosion of data, with the plurality of applications that are out there, increased scrutiny on privacy, security, compliance, a lot has changed. And just the volume of data and the plurality of data that's out there in systems have changed. So we can now safely say, okay, there's a huge challenge out there. We don't have it all buttoned up, but now what can I do? And I think that's the a lot of the focus of these AIM sessions is it's not about what you're not doing, it's about what can you do. 
You're so right. And I think there's been enough wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth when it comes to, oh, our users won't comply or COVID only revealed uh, bad information management habits to begin with. And that's just not the attitude that's going to move the needle. We revisited that same question this year, Jason, and asked people again, has the last 22, 24 months, have they Um, done anything to change your alignment between how information is viewed as supporting and enhancing the business. And sadly, the overall grade of about a C minus didn't budge. But when we looked at the group who reported an improvement in that alignment, versus those who stayed the same or, heaven forbid, actually saw a worsening, things got really interesting. And the high scores, I will call them, share one common trait, one common area of focus. So I'm not going to give that away, but let me tell you, the idea of data of information extraction and analysis and utilization was cited as a major success factor for those uh, who saw an improvement. And I know that's a topic of interest for you. With that exploding volume, the variety, the velocity, I guess increasing as we rushed to support disparate workforces and the whole work from home environment, we talk a lot about information chaos. But is it really information chaos or is it data chaos. And you told me something a few weeks ago about the conversations you regularly have with CEOs. What did you tell me? It's, yeah, we, one of the phrases was uh, that they're data rich, but information poor. Yeah. They have a certainty that they know for sure that all of what, that they have this much in their file shares and they have this type of stuff in their SharePoint. And they have this much of stuff perhaps in their boxes or with Iron Mountain. But when it comes to getting it to the right person, to the right process, to comply with the right legislation or internal policy at the right time, they didn't have the information to do those actions. So there's something else to be done to the data that is not about where you store it. And it's not about like whether or not people are dragging and dropping of using a particular application. It is about how are you understanding it, enriching it. And that is a separate topic. It is a separate suite of utility. It is a separate strategy for your organization. It's so interesting because I don't think that our information management, our information governance specialists realize how much they can contribute to that process. One of the questions we dove into this year was whether or not their organizations made a real distinction between data and information. And again, those organizations reporting a higher and improved score were those that appreciated the the difference, but did not award more funding or give more executive support to one or the other. And my advice is everybody's got to be data centric. Absolutely. And understand what is it about our data? What questions about our business can our data answer? for us. And I think our information management professionals have the amazing opportunity to really take what they know 
about all the intelligent information management practices we talk about and really contribute to what their users need to know. I, I believe that is a, an untapped power and some of the behavior need to be supplemented with additional skills and tactics. And I'm excited that AIM is taking on some of this as the role in leadership there, because I think of the movie, The Matrix, like the Oracle there knows a lot of information. And I feel like the information management professionals are like the Oracle in, in The Matrix, where they know all the information, they can answer a lot of the questions. But the, draw, the, the drawback, and I'd love your opinion on this, is that the, they haven't got the tactics and tools to have the impact that they want. They have all the right intention, is that I want to comply with the policies, I want to make our business processes better, all of the intent is there. But tactically, they don't know how to make that impact. And it's not just one thing. There's all sorts of things like starting with aligning your language that you use with the business's language rather than forcing the business to understand things like your record series or retention requirements and these things that are important, but they're not how the business talks. And there's a hundred other things. Uh, it won't go into every bit of detail, but I'd love your thoughts on, on how we're adding that to the skill set for the information management professional. You are so right. I just got off a roundtable call with some of our certified information professionals. We like to think that these are the leaders in information management, and they're adding some uh, real-life context to this paper that we're about to publish. And someone just said, stop using definite because they just don't work, and the context is all completely wrong. But again, I just believe Jason, that ultimately, maybe not so much the users, but certainly executives, they are going to continue to play the negative lottery. They just are. And we've gotten really good at our language of fear, uncertainty, doubt, compliance, etc. And that does not help move the needle. It doesn't move product. It doesn't grow customers. And sadly, uh, that's all executives care about. They really do. And I think they're under even more pressure now as entire businesses have been disrupted the last two years and certainly before that. But I think you're absolutely right. So we've got to change the conversations and back to this whole idea of information as value, not information as just liability. Yeah, it is. A good example was given to me by, I, literally, it was a innovation officer at one of our customers. And they had suggested anecdotally that the engineers at their firm might do 10% of their time actually doing engineering, the stuff that they learned in their university, the stuff that got them their certification, their professional pinky ring, however that works. And the other 90% of the time is spent collaborating, confirming the information, like maybe actually doing a truck roll and sending somebody out to remeasure to verify that the documents that they have are correct, and then validating, revalidating, and then acting. So if you can cut that time of validation and collaboration and truck rolls down, that's real life profit for your business. That means you have an engineer doing 50% of their time or 80% of them time actually engineering in less time of people at validating information for them, that has to be worth real life dollars. 
in information management is the thing that makes that work. You are so right. And sometimes it's just walking a mile in, in your customer's shoes. And that's your internal customers as well as your external ones. And I think, isn't it more interesting and exciting to really get back to what is the business that your organization is in? And I've said this before, you're not in the compliance business. That's an important thing that you do, but that's not your business. You're keeping people uh, from having to check into the hospital. You're preventing automobile accidents. That's your mission. And if our information management folks can really ask the right questions to enable that business and that mission, I think the conversations just take a whole nother, take a whole nother direction and really lift them up the, the value chain, so to speak. Yeah. And, and to me, it is such an imperative for the information management individuals, because who else is going to do this? There is an intersection of certainly like Literally yesterday, you have the president of the United States warning of increased cyber attacks. You have all sorts of additional legislation. That's obviously a great push for understanding your information better, understanding your data better. I, I look at it like, who else is going to do this? IT doesn't know the business value of the information necessarily. So it's it has to be the information management professional that has that does this. So it's not just a nice to have, it's a strategic imperative, I believe. And, and I'm so glad you brought up the, the risk and the security words and aspect of all of this, because I think it goes deeper than that too. Again, it's not just protecting against cyber attacks, it's protecting against um the wrong information, inaccurate information. Someone just gave me a great example today. They are in oil exploration and the documentation on that is pretty critical for the safety uh, of so many people involved. And that is one of their key drivers. Certainly they don't want any intellectual property to fall into their competitors' hands, but they have an obligation to keep their people safe and keep their uh, customers safe. And the information management around the documentation of the business is absolutely the winning driver in that case. We speak a lot in uh, sort of high level language and aspirational language, but I do want to ensure that we focus the two and a half days in Denver for some winning and very prescriptive approaches because we're at that point now and there are success stories around customer journey mapping as a really good place to try to at least uh, get a handle on the most important intersection points between customer interaction and the information that that fuels all that and enhances it. And that's been a more reasonable uh, place for a lot of our folks to just start to understand what have you got? How do we prioritize and take one thing that's important? It can't be trivial, but it's not insurmountable either. And speak the language about what you are trying to do from a business process capacity, not from a compliance or a risk capacity. And that's been really successful in getting people to 
the tape being chosen for more impactful and, as I say, interesting projects because they're they're business projects first. Yeah, it is. It's really powerful when you can do something when that the task that you're taking on is going to work and you're executing on it. And I wonder if sometimes as it like the word intelligent is right in the acronym or the modern acronym for name. And we I think sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot because we want to do too much. We want to do all of the things we know. And I'll give an example just this morning meeting with with a CIO of an organization that has tens of thousands of employees. And they were talking in the most simple outcome, like certainly that our, our company can drive and that's finding redundant information across all of your systems and saying, here it is. And they wanted to remove everything of a, of a certain age that they had more than one copy of. Simple use case. Nobody's getting excited about that other than the CIO who realizes the uh, tens of thousands or millions of dollars that they'll save, the how they can reduce the scope of the information then or the data that they have to then sift through to find records and do other things. Yet it's such a easy a use case that people go, yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get to that later. I want to do the hard problem first. Yeah. And is there a is there a tendency, not in information management professionals, but just in humans that we're smart, let's go after the hardest thing first, rather than yeah. doing those easy, low hanging fruit wins before they take on the hardest part of their problem. Yeah, let me give you an example. Again, just the result of the conversation I just had, S someone who has years of information governance experience has just joined a large manufacturing firm, I'll protect the name right now, and has completely reinvented herself as an employee experience guru. She's an information manager, but she is applying everything she knows about employee onboarding, employee engagement throughout the employee life cycle. And why is she being given so much attention, so much support, so much really gratifying work because that's a and cultural imperative for this organization that lost 40% of its workforce when there were furloughs two years ago. That's a real business driver and she's serving that need versus we're going to be uh, the best GDPR or CCPA company when it comes to employee data privacy. That's That's not the end game. That's really important, but that's not the business end game. That's that's a classic example when we're talking about the impact versus intent. Like it, it's the idea that this individual wants to have the maximum impact on employee experience. It's going to be done through information management. It's going to be done through, there's probably lots that you would apply your library sciences degree to this specific task. Yeah. In fact, it may be all. However, it's bigger than a branding exercise. It is an alignment with the business objectives beyond a branding exercise that's going to make that work. And Jason, what's so interesting, and, and again, we developed this idea in the paper that a lot of our compliance folks quite understandably think that their executives are motivated by new policies around data privacy 
you would say privacy, because of um, more and more regulations and the fear of non-compliance with that regulations. And that is not the driver from the executive point of view. They are much more worried about reputational damage and customer loyalty. Now, they do so, um, many of them, with a, a true belief that it is the right and ethical thing to do. Fear of non-compliance with regulation is actually not as high uh, as a motivator for them. And it goes back to um, insinuating yourself in the business itself. And, and you can do that in a lot of ways. Ask a lot of questions because you're absolutely right. Is the product or service, is it, has it become commoditized? Are there lots of competitors? Is it an inflexible good versus a flexible one? All of those business aspects are going to have implications for what the drivers are. And again, information management and information's role in that. And I just think that's a more interesting discussion to have always. And I would just encourage our information and governance experts to don't be afraid, just really lean into those kinds of conversations. And I'll poke at it from a different way because there is a collaborative way of doing this that perhaps we should explore more at the at the conference as well. When I think back to one of our one of our favorite customers, I don't want to say which one because we love them all, of course. But say going back four years ago when we really got into the analytics, artificial intelligence, understanding data at scale, we didn't know exactly how industry was going to consume this. So we didn't know exactly how to package it, but we had a good strategy, we had good software. And I, I can remember uh, it, our, one of our champions going to their CIO at the time and saying, okay, it's not exactly a packaged product and they're doing a lot of work with us and building the airplane in the air. What do you think of that? And the CIO, rather than the response of fear was, wouldn't you love that from every one of your vendors? Wouldn't you love that if you got that from SAP and from Microsoft and from everybody else, that they're gonna work with you to make sure that whatever they're doing is gonna solve your problem, rather than saying, here's your software, go figure it out. And I feel like the information management professionals can take that same approach going, I don't know for sure if we're gonna solve every business problem. But what I know for sure is if we only have data and you're not using it for the right processes to the right people at the right time and eliminating it it's on the appropriate schedule complying with laws, that's going to be bad. So let's explore together and, and take more of a pathfinding route rather than a project route that says it must have this exact outcome in 18 months. I could not agree more uh, with you on that. Absolutely. And again, just just pushing the, the confines really in the borders of what was a traditional information and records management. And it's coming. Those borders are, are definitely getting blurry. And I'm glad you mentioned some of the newer technologies. I, I asked the question, is there any particular tool or technique you wish you had used uh, a few years ago? And from records managers, uh, RPA is one of the things that uh, ranks high on their list just because if certain steps have to be taken, why can't why can't it be automated and be invisible to the end user, to the business? And that's certainly something we can work on at the AIM conference and ensure 
that the hype and the mystique around RPA and related technologies is taken away. Yeah, I, I hope it does because it, when something really works well, when you see how the magic trick is done, you shouldn't be disappointed. You, it, and that's what I'm finding with a, with a lot of people out there is they thought that AI and automation and all these things were gonna be these Hogwarts wizarding school type of things. But then when they see it's actually how it's done, it's, oh, all it's doing is just like pattern matching. All it's just doing is finding that cell on that page and then grabbing the value there and then OCRing it. That's all it's doing, that's boring. Yes, but every bit of automation that you do saves errors, it saves human time, it allows, if we go back to that engineer, can now spend more time working on the engineering than going to find that data from that particular cell and verifying if it's the correct one. So every bit of automation that you do will accumulate to something special. You don't have to do a massive digital transformation with some giant outcome in 18 months. Each little bit helps. You, you are so right. And I will, I will jump on what you said earlier about not trying to boil the ocean. And that's a, a phrase we all say a lot of times. And I think AIM might have made the mistake last year in saying we need to take a holistic and multidisciplinary approach to this. Uh, of course we do, ultimately. But that even, I think, serves to dig the invisible even deeper. Some of the best advice I got from someone like our friend who's tasked with employee engagement, improvement, become an expert at a very specific aspect of today's workplace, be it uh, workplace effectiveness. Say, I'm not an information manager, I'm a workplace effectiveness expert. Why not just find the best application for the information management techniques to become a functional expert as it relates to today's most pressing uh, business challenges and be a hero for people. We talk about this all the time, the M365 environment. Instead of complaining and wish that there were other tools, which of course there are many optional other tools and many complementary tools, but instead of complaining about it, meet people where they live now. They're going to be using these tools because somebody has said, this is what you're going to use. So be an expert at what capabilities are available out of the box and be a problem solver for your colleagues. Start there with your internal customers. Yeah, I, I love that because yeah, the old way of thinking of I'm going to force them or I'm going to get buy-in or whatever may work. Like I've seen it work for certain FDA compliance and other things like that, but in most places, people will do the path of laser resistance. They will ask, what's in it for me? And if you can't align with what's in it for them, then your mileage may vary. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Explaining how the sausage is made. No, nobody wants to. And that's okay. Get over it. Get over it. Be invisible. One of our members from Raytheon said, I know I'm doing my job as an information governance expert when my business users don't know I'm doing my job, which I think is great. Make it as seamless as possible and get into those more interesting business conversations. I, I love that. It's, I take it back to the hockey metaphor or the, the basketball or football. If you notice the officials more than you notice the players, you're not watching a great game. And I feel like in, in business life, we should be the same thing. If people are enjoying the outcome of the thing that we're doing and they don't know that we're doing it, 
then that's probably much better than if they do. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. That's awesome. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Peggy. Maybe you can tell us before we go here, how do we find out about the, the show in Denver coming up? And so how do you get there? And are tickets still available? Is there still space? We do. And as we planned for plenty of social distancing, and we want to make sure that we accommodate that. But because of that, we took a larger footprint than uh, we normally do. Yes, we would. We will make room for anyone and do so safely. Aimconference.com. And Jason, if I could, some people have asked, oh, is there a day pass? Is there a free trade show floor? We don't do that. This is a conference. If you're coming for the whole thing and you're coming for the collaboration, the camaraderie, and the education, you all will be there and we're so very happy that you are. The last thing I want to do is put an invisible barrier down, or a very visible one, I guess I should say, and relegate you to some expo room. That's not the way things work. Around AIM, we rely on you and all your experience. You're talking to a lot of customers that look a lot of like a lot like our our participants and our members. We need you to be part of our educational team as an equal partner. So thank you for your support. But aimconference.com in beautiful downtown Denver, we are seeing some great and affordable flights still available to get there. Don't hesitate. Come on and join us. We'll, we'll we know you'll be glad that you did. Awesome. Thank you, Peggy. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.